Hey everyone, it's Friday, April 9th. Welcome to episode 5 of my podcast, Is Breakfast Included? Now before I get started, I want to send out a huge thank you to everyone who listened and subscribed last week. I'm doing the little thank you pray hands from my phone if you can't see me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So tattoos. Everybody knows somebody with a tattoo. You may have a tattoo. I have a couple of tattoos. Well, today I'm sitting down with one of the finest tattoo artists in all of North Texas. That's Mark C. Merchant of Higher Truth Tattoo in Dallas, Texas. Now, Mark and I sat down a couple of weeks ago. We had a really good conversation about life, about friendship. We talked about music. And yes, we did talk about tattoos. So, let's get into it. Okay. Tell me who you are. Mark, Christopher Merchant. Well, uh, you are a tattoo artist slash artist artist. Do those two go hand in hand? I guess they do, right? They can. So I would say um, the best way to think of that, there's people that enter into tattooing the craft and they, they bring their background into that craft. So that is my profession, 27 years. And um, if I were a, a hot rod person or a machinist, um, I could bring those attributes to tattooing. So, you know, at that point. But you don't have to be a visual artist to be a tattooer. That would be my point. Okay. It just so happens that's what I bring to the table. And how did you, how did you get into tattooing? <clears throat> is this something you wanted to do? You fell into it? Or... Hmm. About 2001, I looked at uh, changing my name legally. I was going to get artsy and do some cool name because I don't have a, didn't have at that time a family ties per se, and was trying to, you know, find myself in different ways. So I thought, man, I'll just make my own name up. A lot of artists do, whether celebrities or musicians. And I had ideas, but I also had tax issues with the IRS. So I was like, man, crap, I can't change my name legally because I'm trying to be under the radar or whatever. You know, you just don't run and change your name. They apparently would check you out. And so that's sort of a joke. But I, I kind of had some issues with the tax thing. I wasn't where I wanted to be. wanted to change my name. And then I thought, crap, I don't want to do that. So I looked at my first name, Mark. I used to go by Chris. And if you put Mark Merchant, I make marks for a living. So I came up with this. By birth, might have been chosen to be a Mark Merchant. So it's a joke, sort of, playing my own name okay. as a Mark Merchant. So what I did and to get to tattoo to answer the question was follow my heart. Everything I ever did for in life was just going towards uh, my heart or my intuition. But ironically, my name is Mark Merchant, and here I make marks for a living. So hmm. I thought it was kind of cool, kind of a catchy little way to, to have my own name, and it's by birth. So your birth name is Mark. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Mark Merchant. But I was always Chris Merchant. Yeah, when I met you, yeah. you were going by Chris. Right. And that's why I thought, man, I want to change my name and do my own thing. And I finally, legally, I already had to change. I just could use the first name. And it was cool that it was a tattoo. Kind of reminds me of a, a, a merchant of Mark's. Cool. And you've been doing this 27 years, you said? Tattooing for 27, yeah. Hmm. So once you decided you wanted to be a tattoo artist like what was that journey like did you apprentice where did you apprentice did you have somebody in mind that you wanted to apprentice under 
the journey to being a tattoo artist follow the heart, but how did I get into the the shop and make money at it was simply find the nearest person that would let me come in there. I'd like to say there was more to it, but uh, I went into a shop that they were known for having a high turnover rate, bring kids in and just train them up and throw them into battle. Yeah. I made money and learned what not to do. So, <laughs> But you could draw before you were... Man, I never stopped drawing. I still so you, you were an artist before you started... They called me that. My mother, junior high school teacher. <laughs> so I've always been called that, but I practice. I guess someone that has a, uh, a tendency towards something, you might consider them a musician if they'd never put the guitar down, right? A guitar player in this case, you know, but I just never stopped drawing pictures and I still draw today. So an artist, that's to be debated. I don't think of it that way always, but I guess I have a tendency toward making art for sure. But I got into tattoo by finding a guy that was just—it was a real madhouse—and uh, just dove in, went for it, did twelve practice tattoos, and I've been professional. It means making money ever since '94. So straight in, twelve practice chaos. Yeah, it was—it like, was really hectic. I don't want to put the name out there, but I love and respect the fact that someone let me give it a try, no matter their intentions and no matter what I did with it. You know, I'll always appreciate I got a, a chance. And have you always tattooed here in Dallas in the DFW area? Yeah, I would say predominantly, but I've done some traveling and I've lived in other places, so I've always tattooed wherever I went. Uh, for example, San Diego, California, year and a half, New York, New York City, year and a half. I've tattooed in Louisiana, Arkansas, Tennessee for just a couple months, but uh, really short stints. They call them guest spots or something. Usually a, f a floating wanderlust, drifting, burning bridges tattoo guy pops into town. <laughs> hey, man, I need to... I was thinking about hanging around here. looks pretty cool, either running from something or into something. So my wanderlust brought me to other places, but my heart and my my uh, need for something solid and stable has always been Dallas because I'm rooted here. So I have friendships that always brought me back, resources, people I could come back to. So in the younger years, trying to, you know, whatever... Uh, yeah, I, went, I found it myself in different places. <laughs> but licensed officially San Diego, licensed New York City, licensed Arkansas, um, and then some guest spots here and there. Cool, cool. Yeah. And that led you to where we are now, which is Higher Truth. That's it. Here we Your are. Your studio. Yep. Shop. Whatever word you choose to describe it. Yeah. And how long has Higher Truth been around? I just signed a third, I signed a new set of three years. Um, and so I've been here. Legally, my, my business entity with the federal government is probably a little more than three years, but in the brick and mortar for three years. Yeah. And what would you call your style of tattooing? Man, I would let someone else call it. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Really? Yeah, I really would because... Um, you're at the, you listen to your client and you just tell, they ask you to do something and you just do it? Or do you have a something that you bring to it and say, okay, yeah, I can do that, but this is how I'm going to do it? Yeah, that's good. See, these are good because it ain't an easy answer. And I, that would be the name of our <laughs> podcast. It ain't an easy answer with me. So um, if I had to be succinct and cook it down, um, 
And can I do pauses and just yeah, just, yeah, you can think you, about you keep it. Eye contact, you're no. really good. Kind of makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> like so, I'll drift away and look in the rafters, and I might ponder. But I was thinking this, you know, I'm, I'm going to pause and just really get into this because I want to be succinct and helpful. Because you're and trying if you to want to go off on something else, you can as well. Like, no, it's cool. This is comfortable and fine, and kind of expected because I, I wear tattoos. I do tattoos, and I, most of my life is revolves around it. I have nothing to hide, and I enjoyed the tattoo subject, but it always goes to something deeper with me possibly why it's called higher truth because what's behind a tattoo you know and there's two people doing it so a young lady left here earlier today and uh, I gave her an example of a tattoo I did on a guy in about 1995 I had about a year and a half experience and it was a Star Wars tattoo full back tattoo and it kind of put me on the map for that era now I have so many eras that I've done you know different things but um in that era, coming in with one and a half years experience, this guy uh, commissioned me for his full back tattoo. And the Star Wars prequels hadn't been made yet that I'm aware of. It was prior to all this Star Wars thing. So we're working with old school Star Wars fan. This guy was diehard, obviously, getting his whole back done. Uh, we clicked as people. And the tat was easy and fun and it became this hit you can still see magazine articles with it today and i think uh i think the guy that did star wars what's his name george lucas yeah i think he gave it a thumbs up or something and okay. they went on to actually create a, a small article in a magazine somewhere about these star wars tats because they came became popular um but my point is how do i work with the client is it just as simple as what style not really not with me so um, I did this guy's tat, and if I brought him here today and asked him to take off his shirt, let's see the Star Wars tat, it doesn't quite pack a punch. And we could blame the pigment company, we could blame, I mean, my technique was on, because you don't get the tattoo on there if your technique isn't solid. So I'll give credit, I, I learned my technique on his back that we tattooed every week for, however, I forget how long. 72 hours or something, you know, and um, so I dialed in. My, I learned a lot about tattooing on this guy's back piece. I didn't really charge him any money. He brought me gifts, you know, like tips. Um, but I explored tattooing, learned it, and we created this friendship. It was real immense friendship. That's a key word. So this will all come back around in a second. Did the tat. It was a huge success in whatever way. I mean, he loved it. I thought it was a success. He went on to be hanging out at tattoo conventions and got awards for it. And he got a lot of publicity for it. Now, my point is that tattoo today, it's 25 years old. Even five years ago, it didn't really look as bright. And so there's a real intense, serious point to this to me, because I learned pretty fast that tattoos age and they blur. Uh, so the kicker, I've always got these little kicker life hacks, takeaways, Mine and his friendship is like brothers. And so I actually hone in on that connection way more than the tattoo itself. So it's not a style because he said Stormtrooper full back, and there's already a style for that. Uh, there's just the, the, the technique and the style becomes secondary. But that friendship is going to last. So that's what I really try to do. It seems a little cheesy or whatever, but um, when I work, I'm actually trying to connect with that person. And it's, it's a deliberate thing today. In my youth, I may not care, just rock and roll. But we still had to become friends a little bit. We're working with each other every week. 
intense pain uh, and oftentimes money, not during that uh, tattoo. But So you got to find someone you like and tolerate. And if you can go beyond that and really enjoy being around them, that's what he and I did. So we became tight. And then this thing became a success. And it... Uh, it was a payoff for him, all the pain that he endured, you know, and uh, he's wearing this thing he's proud of. The world accepts it. And I'm like loving that, that he's happy and the world likes it. So our connection's really tight. We're not, we don't sit and talk to each other every day, but every year, you know, hey, how's it going? And we say some heartfelt things. Uh, we're waiting for COVID to lighten up. We'll probably get out and give the guy a hug. But his tat may have petered out compared to the first year, right? Second year, fifth year, still banging, but put 25 on it. Oh, that yellow kind of disappeared. Some of that, that orange doesn't pop, you know? So, but the friendship shouldn't degrade that mo that connection, in my opinion. So I'll use whatever by any style necessary, if I got to be that way about it, whatever works for the tattoo connection for that person to be happy. But I do pull from a traditional Americana or Japanese. That's my my main languages I might pull from visually, but I'm just trying to make sure that, that we're tight as people, humans, for, you know, if someone's let down with something, uh, especially aging, I can't get, I can't prevent that. <laughs> you know, so. I don't, yeah. Well, you said the tattoo got a lot of accolades for him and got a lot of attention. What did that do for you? It made me hustle and go back deeper into my craft and get really serious because I think it, um, it brought me a lot of attention, but if you looked at my portfolio, it just wasn't there, <laughs> you know? So at the it, time. Just saying. So I could create this big mural of a tattoo, right? Several feet big. And it got all this attention. And I'll always think that people like Star Wars, you know? So I'll always be that guy. Hey, they like Star Wars. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. They were yeah. ugly, you know, and it just was a subject matter. My Little Pony. You know, might have had a lot less followers and fans, but it blew up because of the subject matter. So I'll always be that kind of tattooist. Was it the subject matter that speaks to people close to home? Or was it the execution? In that case, a little bit of both. I mean, yeah. it looked like a movie poster. It was semi-realistic. And I uh, hope that answered the question. Yeah, it did. It answered my question. Yeah. Oh, it made me go back into study my craft because I felt, wow, maybe I'm a tattoo artist because it feels like, ooh. This magazine thinks I'm a tattoo artist, and I don't know that it's true, but I picked up something in life. You're a, a, a musician authority, so I don't want to be in here gossiping about music, but I'm a fan. Somewhere down the line, I read something or heard it that Dave Grohl in his early years of Nirvana maybe felt like he didn't make the cut, and he felt like he was always trying out. He's popular today. We can all say true or false. I don't know the guy. This is just something, but it reminded me that also... Uh, a lot of my career, I'm always trying to be a tattoo artist. Today, you know, I'm still like, man, I got, I'm ready to morph and try something new, not to go far from what I do, but I'm always trying to keep myself in a position of learning and um, being the new guy in tattooing. Though I'm probably, you know, there's tons of people after me, but so I, I think it made me go right into my craft and get get serious about it and study the history of it. And go work around people that were real tattooers, because I got some credit for being one, but I don't think I felt it. Today, I would say, sure, I do tats. <laughs> you know, whatever. Do you still um, operate a little bit with that mentality that you're still the new guy? Just a little bit? Every day. <laughs> I mean, every minute. Like and we've, I, we've known each other for a few years. Yeah. As they would say, you were my first and my last. <laughs> there you go. The sandwich, huh? <laughs> yeah. The tat sandwich. Uh, that was the bread. Yeah. 
<laughs> but, uh, you know, do you still operate under that whole, like, man, more than ever. So can I give, I'll give you these examples. It hopefully answers the question. Maybe the listeners, if they're out there, they could uh, roll with me on this. But I got married. That was shocking to the world, local community at least. Um, some people were blown away. Oh, my God. And so I'm not done because I got married. If it were Tetris, right, you clear a level or something, here's a new one, and it gets faster and more. So in me, in my opinion, life's like throwing things at me or I'm manifesting them, whatever. So marriage isn't the end. It's the beginning. Like I'm back to square one. Oh, I'm a business owner. Oh, cool. That's great. I'm learning how to do business. I don't know what Dallas Appraisal District is. I just learned. <laughs> you know, it's more taxes. Cool. I like paying them. Good, because there's more coming, right? <laughs> so... But I like it because I'm, I'm in the school of life and I'm just going up a grade. But let's, uh, I have this daily reminder thing I, I kind of look at. But there's never a time when lessons aren't coming. So a student, how am I going to, I mean, I might, you know, some people teach school. And eventually you graduate and you can teach school. That's great. But you can also go to college. You can go up. So I'll always uh, think of myself as a student uh, that I might make a little advancement, there's a whole nother level to go to. Yeah, I get that. A little cheesy, a little cliche, but that's how I live. I'll never think, man, I mastered life. It ain't happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just here to, to go up to the next level, which puts me back at the beginning. So that's I'm just watching my son grow, and I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of how much I don't know. You know. Yeah, that'll so, do it to you. Yeah, I'm just saying. So, and a wife, I mean, I'm like, we still, I might boast about how well I love communicating, how good I am, but we're at home trying to, I'm like, man, why am I not as smooth as I am with my clients? Right? <laughs> They're laying there as a captive audience under the needle. I sound like you know, one of these celebrity talk show guys. Yeah. At home, I'm like, honey, do you understand? You know, we're, we're, we're intense and there's tears and trying to make one point about one thing. So I don't, I don't have anything mastered. I always try to be a student. That way I can always learn, absorb, and try it out. I get a chance to practice. In, in school, you get tests. So Yeah. And then there's higher levels of schooling. So that's me, especially with tattooing. Um, does that help? It does. That yeah. helps. And so your tattooing now, we've spoken about you've kind of started this other journey of learning to play bass. Are we okay uh, talking about that? We can. Yeah, there's nothing that's taboo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, um, you, you're, you've recently started diving into being a musician. Which you've always been a music fan, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's so, there. I mean, how do you shape music? I, think, yeah. I mean, it's built in. Are you approaching that the way you approached your tattooing career? Yeah. Tattooing is humbling. That bass instrument, very humbling. And I, we're not ever going to be tight, that instrument and I. <laughs> in fact, I, I, I don't pray to it personally, but in a roundabout way. Just let me do a little something here that can... Um, be therapeutic for me that can uh, that I can emote in a different way where I just don't uh, it's not my forte so it's foreign it's exciting it's tactile and I'm just terrible uh, it personally but it works because it's a tool to to calm me I see people grown adults right now it's not uncommon as whatever kind of whiz or genius I might appear in the art world I'm just playing with paintings like everybody, every other kid in school right now. But there's adult coloring books. People just go for it. They have those paint nights where you have a bunch of wine and stuff and make a mandala or something, right? I'm, I'm actually doing that on the bass. That's what I am to music. So I actually know one of my local favorite 
got a ton of favorites. Hate to put their names out there, but this guy is a, just a go-to rock bass player, heavy metal. He's I admire him and love him as a fan. I don't know him as a human, but I watch his Facebook, and I watched him uh, start painting. And I'm not saying that he isn't good at painting. I'm saying I'm not good at bass. He might. Um, if my whole life has been painting, and that's how I make a living, that's my passion, his has been the bass. So we're just on the other ends of the spectrum. Doesn't mean he shouldn't paint. I shouldn't play the bass. And if either one of us thought that way, we wouldn't use those instruments or we wouldn't use that medium, you know? So it's beautiful to watch him paint. And, and, and I go, I just love everything he does. You know, is it museum quality is my stuff, but it's a medium. We can all use it. So it's very humbling to be uh, experimenting with sound, which I wanted to say uh, since 1992, I've been trying to create a loving relationship with that instrument. And it's just been a series of one night stands you know, and it's a burnt bridge you know now we, we push each other away basically we reject each other and then we come back together we have makeup sex i don't know if that's a real thing personally that's not my style but i knew people that did that they fight and then they have sex makeup mm. so i grab the bass again and go at it and i try to make music through it but had i nurtured that relationship and truly just paid attention to the 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 the, uh, the practice, all the different things behind the scenes. So I tried to make music, but I didn't have any understanding of what I was doing. So it was love-hate, but I'm trying to force my love on this bass, right? And the bass is like, bro, just learn what you're doing. Come back. Use a little finesse. You know, and just just play me every day. Why show up at, you know, a yeah. port in the storm, they call it, or whatever. You know, I'm grabbing the bass every so often trying to rock out. And the bass is like, man, why don't you just learn this and enjoy it? Instead of come in hot like a, a flame, just be a slow-burning ember. Yeah, spend some time with me. Man, it's a relationship. Get to know me. I hate to be cheesy like that. That's me. So that's how it is. But I, um, I've been tinkering in the closet on the bass since 92. So it's just that's how it is. And, but now I'm trying to, I've matured a little. Don't tell anybody. And I'm trying to approach it as a, as a healthy relationship where I actually nurture that. So I'll, I'll pick it up. And I just sit there and tinker, and I try to be calm and in the moment, and not really trying to make a band. So anyway, that's a real long answer, if that helps you understand. No, I'm very helps. humbled with music, but uh, I'll always keep one around. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't dare. Uh, I just ask a guy, would he maybe play some guitar with me? If he gave me the songs recorded, I can get ready. It'll be about a year before I'm ready to do one song. <laughs> so if he lets me practice it for a year, we'll meet up. I don't want to waste his time. So that's what I used humble. to say. I used to say, well, it's, I don't want to learn a song. I'll just write a song. See, that's yeah. how I do. Yeah. But I'm going back into trying to play other people's music and stuff. Yeah. So I'm having a blast. It's, a, it's definitely foreign. I won't get good. So that's exciting to me. Hmm, cool. Uh, on to a different subject. Thank you. We just got kind of sidetracked there about the bass. Mm. Uh, this last year has been kind of crazy on everyone. How did that affect you? How did you handle that? Oh, man. The COVID. The COVID, yeah. And the, the freaking Dalaska, someone called it. I stormed to top it off. You know, <laughs> just when you think you're clear, like, COVID was bad. Dalaska. Oh, my God, here comes a freaking power outage. More politics on top of it, right? Because COVID is politics at one point. It's medical science. So weather is weather. And then there's politics. Yeah. So I try to steer clear of all the politics. And uh, how did COVID affect me, man? I would have to wait. So you remember, it's called post-traumatic stress disorder. 9-11, they say, 
there's, I mean, a psychologist might, I'm not trained, but you might, this nation might have suffered PTSD as a nation from 9-11, right? Yeah, I agree. I might have to get out of COVID about four or five years to be able to look back, you know, and I'm in the trenches being a father with a, with a toddler at 47. So it might take a minute, you know, what we, if we get a vacation or a break, I can look back and go, oh, man. I'm sane. I'm functioning rationally. That's awesome. Or I'm like, damn, I got work to do. I need to behave and cool it over here. So I think I'm in the trenches with COVID. So I'm not really able to assess fully what it did to me or is doing. But uh, I will say that I have latched on to things that are super important. I was also traumatized, kind of, lightly. I don't, again, I don't know, I can't assess myself, but it was traumatizing to be in the, a near-death tornado two Octobers ago, holding my one-year-old and my dogs and the wife. We got pillows on the dog's head. So I, I was traumatized by that. And what I mean by that, it puts things in perspective. So now um, I do things, that, and I just don't care about... Um, like, for example, can I go into an example of what I might do when I, prior to COVID, I might have used some restraint. I put on a spiritual mantra when I work here. It's on all the time anyway. But I had moments in my life with the tornado and different things where I'm like, man, you know what? I'm just going to play my cheesy spiritual music. And if the customer is uncomfortable, I'll, I'll troubleshoot that. But until then, I'm not embarrassed that I have a mantra playing. That's a COVID. I'm like, we're seeing people pass away. I say we, but I, I know somebody who died from this, right? Somewhere down the line, maybe just an outskirts friendship circle. But I, I, that, that person's tears about their relative are real. I might not have known the relative or friend, but I'm like, wow, man, this is a real serious issue. If the statistics are there that people died, I know a few people firsthand. So if the, if that on a big scale, this was a real thing, because there's a lot of skepticism, I talk with doctors, and that's where I get my information. And so I'm going hard and fast back into my spiritual practice, which I have spiritual practice because this is a temporary world, and nothing is more obvious that, about the, the impermanence of it than a, a plague, you know, or some sort of bomb going off. So a pandemic, people die from some uh, respiratory complications. A lot of them do. I'm going back into spiritual life. I'm going to work with that. So I've latched on to that a bit. It could be annoying to other people. I'm definitely not pushy or preachy about it. I've already been there. But uh, So I might play some cheesy-ass mantra while you're thinking black metal, while you're going to get your tat. You, know, you might be expecting some Pantera or Clutch is the standard. And, you know, at least in the 90s, Clutch was the standard band, you know, for tattooing. Was it? It was. You could go to a tat convention and each booth, you know, you almost get three different versions of the songs, you know, yeah. you walk over here. And I was unaware of that. Boom, 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 <laughs> you go around there. It was, it was in clutch. Everybody's got the shirt on. So anyway, there's a uh, stereotypes that go along with tattooing. and I just joke about ours and I'm a huge fan of that, that band personally, but I don't play them here. I haven't listened to the band in years, but, uh, so you might expect to get something. And I'm in here doing some deep meditation. I'm praying that the tat looks good, that you, we're still happy with each other when we're done. And that there's a world outside we can go back into uh, without masks on. <laughs> you know, so I'm actually, yeah. it's a form of uh, prayer, if you will. So I'm, I'm actually trying. It just came. I'm like, fuck it. I'm 47. Can I say cuss words? Yeah. I'm not going to try to do Shit, much. Thing. damn, hey, whatever. As long as it, my kid doesn't hear it yeah, from his school, we're good. <laughs> so I, I think we're, we're clear. I like to use uh, healthier words. but um, So I went 
latched on to my spiritual practice. That's what I, that's the quick answer uh, during COVID without any care, because it could be cheesy, it could be weird, and it could make people uncomfortable. I, death is uncomfortable, isn't it? And it happens. So if I remind you that you're not here forever, that's cool. I'm going to latch on to something that I have a firm, not believer, but I know it works for me to keep me calm and cool amidst the chaos that the COVID could be creating, you know. So it is my little, um, my uh, stability, I guess, yeah. confidence. Uh, so, yeah, man. Ooh, um, I have something to add. Yeah, go ahead. It's a, I heard someone else say it, but it, it, made, it made sense. There were these guys that were... Um, glorified as CrossFit guys. And they were, they're huge, right? I mean, physically huge. But the, what they've done with that particular sport or arena, they became these things, these entrepreneurs. They branched out. They got a lot of attention, and they, but they did other stuff. And so I think I listened to one of them give an interview one time or a podcast, and he, he was like, yeah, I'm not really defined by CrossFit. And I don't have as many great words as some people. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Because I've always felt a disconnect as a tattoo artist because I love life. And it ain't just tattooing. In fact, um, let's say that art reflects life. You've heard the little cliche. Yeah. Tattooing is actually reflecting art, in my opinion. So life is the real deal. And I, I feel like I'm a human. I, I got a lot on my plate and things I'm excited about. And of course, uh, art, I'll do that. And then tattoo helps other people to service. Uh, I get to do work that matters, things like that. But I don't think, I think that's a healthy, mature way. I've never rejected the tattoo thing or denied it. And it's worked to my advantage to, at many times to say, yeah, I'm a tattoo artist. I ain't embarrassed, but sometimes I'm like, man, I'm an artist illustrator as well. So it's where the money comes from, I guess. Professionally speaking, I've made some progress as an artist illustrator. Could I just stop tattooing? Yeah, because I would put all my energy into illustration. But I haven't had to choose either one. So luckily I could just yeah. do both. But I, I'd like either one. I, I would like to say I'm not defined by a lot of titles, if I can help it. I think there's a lot going on in life, and I wouldn't peg you as just that one thing. I think limited to that thing. I could think of you as just this, um, but I think it's healthy to say I'm not. I, I think that's what he said. If that makes sense to you, I'm not. De- I would like to say I'm not defined only as a tattoo guy. Yeah, which I, what I was going to ask you next. Like you've got this oh. other. I wouldn't call it a side thing. With your, you do commissioned artwork. You do your own artwork. Man, just a person. You know that's easy. That everybody could say that. But my. Uh, passion for sure so my art is nothing more than me working through problems right i hate to reek of them but it's true You're, I, I was born what the hell is going on here you know it, this has been fascinating so to unlock those uh, deeper mysteries who am i where did i come from where could i go next uh and all my different um shortcomings brainstorms the doodle which i helped you with the doodle i just doodle it's like writing in a diary People might, or in the old days, you would write a diary today, it's a blog or whatever the case, but I just doodle. I don't really sit and think too much about it. I just go for it. So I'm actually just here. I'm, I'm observing Earth and uh, getting all these different um, perspectives from other people, regurgitating what I think I know, making up some stuff along the way. So art is just a meditative thing for me, if you will. It's a chance to, I was thinking of it earlier, I've never smoked a cigarette, you know, never had a coffee. 
But I'm guessing people, when you tinker with an instrument, there's an energy, right? What am I going to do with this? Great. And my son, he's got energy. We try to direct him towards something that's constructive. Otherwise, he could maybe lean toward things that aren't in his best interest or his friends at school. You know, throw the ball, not the stick at your friend. Here's a ball. And he's like, cool. He gets the same thing out of throwing the ball. So me too, with art, I'm just trying to find something healthy as an outlet to a a little cliche. Again, I'm not, I'm not above a cliche, but it's just, it keeps me grounded. It's therapy. It's meditative. Um, and then when it's time to make money from it, it's about that person. So I'm just pulling from these techniques or little things I've developed, you know, but I'm helping them. And so commercial art's a whole separate thing, but my own personal art, it's just working through issues, kind of cause and effect and the deeper things, you know, does that give an answer to that a little bit, a little bit of light? Yeah, yeah it does. Mm. So, yeah, professionally, within opening this particular Higher Truth tattoo, it's got a gallery in the front. Little, had an art show here. But it's actually set up for, um, so I could pursue when I'm not tattooing, because I'm not going for volume. I'm going for quantity over, you know, quality over quantity. Rather yeah. tattoo two people a day that mean a lot to me, the connection. I can do my best work, and then when I'm not tattooing, there's the easel, there's the paint. And just turn around and go back to other projects. Uh, someone has asked for a um, album cover recently, a local guy who I just love as well. So it becomes a friendship thing, but then it's, you know, if they have a budget, let me know. Uh, so I, when I'm not tattooing, I go straight into everything else. And being a husband, business owner, father, etc., there's there's never a time where I'm not doing something. So that's just that. Huh? That answered my question. <laughs> I hope so. Um, is there anyone in your life the tattoo world, the art world, the spiritual side of you that you just looked up to that you, when things aren't going as planned, you kind of remember what they said, or you think about something they did or they told you and you kind of take from that. Mm. Is there someone or something behind the scenes that, that helps? And um, am I saying that right? Your yeah. question that motivates or something uh, inspires. Yeah. In your past, present? Man, the mantra that I chant. So I wouldn't be able to do an interview or talk with anybody these days because, again, I'm back into my spiritual um, practice. And the more I put into the practice, the more it comes out. That could just be um, giving credit to our local Krishna temple. So 25 years ago, when I was fumbling my way through this uh, Star Wars tattoo, and trying to do good tats other than that thing. That's what I'm saying. I don't think the work was amazing. But um, I was introduced to the Krishna restaurant. They have It's called Kala Chanji's. And so I've been eating there 25 years. And um, that's where the mantra comes from. It took me about 15 years before I even wanted to ask a question. I created friendships through the food and just constantly being there, loving the vegetarian uh, buffet switched to vegetarian somewhere down the line, 2000 or 97, somewhere in there. And they're a vegetarian spiritual movement, you know. So I'm like, wow, that's cool. I'll eat the food for now. I'm just not trying to get into the spiritual stuff. Um, very atheistic back then uh, in my youth, kind of uh, angry as well toward religions. And who knows, I, I'm very independent, going to do it my way. Um, so after creating those friendships, I could... I started doing some Buddhist practice around 05 to 07. Through Japanese tattooing, I was introduced to Buddhism. 
vegetarianism, Buddhism, and trying to get something deeper out of the, this world, right? So it brought me to, oh, read, read about Buddhism, and then read about, and said, hey, you can read, but you need to practice Buddhism to get the benefit. And so I got into chanting during that uh, 05 to 07, um, because in Japanese tattoo, the Buddhism was constantly images, or it was foreign, it was spiritually charged, it was beautiful, it was dangerous, you know, it looked like there was gore, you know, someone with their head cut off, and it, it's a beautiful poem, actually. So, with Buddhism, I was able to ask, who's Buddha compared to what Krishna's doing at this Krishna temple? Where's Buddha come up into this? And the answer hit, and I'm like, wow, okay, well, there you go. And so I just went over to Krishna from Buddha, and it's still chanting, so, but it's been a real big source of inspiration. So I couldn't talk today without it peep, uh, peeping into the conversation. I have no way to go about it. You know, it's like me saying, yeah, I don't do tats. Let's talk about something else. I'm a frisbee guy. I'm a damn tattoo guy, right? I'm cool. But with, I'm a Krishna guy. I chant the mantra incessantly if I can. The world's going to throw things at me that will take my eye off that. Definitely. Uh, but I pull it back in. So that's what mantra meditation is. And luckily we've had the, this town has a really beautiful spiritually charged community over there. Um, if I, I can get past the social part of it because that's where it becomes a religion. So I've never tried to not get into a religion. <clears throat> Excuse me. But my um, the founder of the Krishna temple is the long answer. This guy's name is Srila Prabhupada. And so there's documentaries about him and unlimited books. And there's there's just tons of information and you know, community. And you can make friends and you know be a part of that. So I've, I, I don't know how to say that what I do today isn't just influenced uh, as much as possible. If I can put the Krishna meditation in the forefront, then everything makes sense that day. When I put that aside and try to do it myself, either mentally do it or bully or, you know, force my way around the, the Krishna thing, I got this. It's like watching my son, I got this, wipe, <laughs> he wipes out, you know, falls off the curb. So I enjoy the spiritual stuff lately, and the, and the, the founder is Prabhupada. You, that's what they just call him, Prabhupada. And so his books and the mantra, I'm engaged all the time. And it's not um, a person who did something materially or politically or even religiously. He actually said, don't worry about religion. Chant the mantra. So that's it. I just do that, and I read his books, which both uh, they feed off one another. The books say chant. <laughs> the food says chant. So I just try to chant all I can. Very long answer. No. <laughs> it was the answer I was looking for. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, man, that's that's all I got for you. You had them all written down, huh? I, well, I had notes. A little bit. <laughs> and notes. I would like to get you on this side sometime. So I don't know where I'm headed with podcasts. I always, always enjoyed the idea. And, of course, like you said, everybody's got one. So it be, it's like having a, a web page or a social media presence. Now the podcast is the mm -hmm. norm. I would love to pick your brain and get into that. So, Well, maybe next time I'm under the needle, you can just oh, you you have go. my undivided attention. Yeah, I would yeah. love for others yeah. to have. You know, I noticed also you have such a, a large group of friends that just love you, apparently. They were very excited to see what you're doing, supportive. This outpour of support for you. I thought that was beautiful because I don't know you too well. It was very humbling. My God, but... you're such a humble guy. You're low-key, you know. And, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I know him. You know, I'm like, oh, I know this guy. Well, man, where can people find you? Instagram, Facebook, what is it? Let's do it. So, all of them. 
I think so. Let me run through this. There's HigherTruthTattoo.com, which is linked to the Instagram. And to me, if I can help it for my sanity, they should all be linked. I should just be able to throw some content and it stick everywhere. I don't get into Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. I just do the basics, the bare minimum. And so Instagram, Higher Truth Tattoo as well. But the newly, I haven't even launched it, so I'm talking about it. But I'm with my, my lady behind the scenes who, not my wife, but my marketing kind of lady. I'm putting together markcmerchant.com. And I'm just using my name. I used to think it was a bit egotistical, but it's really helpful. Because I could come up with a crazy art name for something and no one know what I'm selling. No, Not even know why I'm doing it. right? But it's a portfolio of my everything not tattoo. That involves visual art, so it's just my name, markcmerchant.com. And I put the C in there to tip people off that, like you, that know me as Chris. There were there, when I transitioned to Mark back in ninety, whenever two thousand. Some people were tripped out, like it was, you know, they didn't even think it was me. There was a tat guy named Mark Merchant, Chris Merchant. They couldn't just yeah. add that up. So I always put the C in there as Christopher, the person they might have known as Chris. Same guy, same shenanigans. But you could find me on most of those platforms, you know, the basics. Cool. And that'll be launching soon, Mark C. Merchant. It's out there now. It's there. Okay. uh, We were just trying to dial it in, um, little stuff, uh, you know, fonts and colors and whatever else. Functionality. There's some stuff behind the scenes where I really wanted to put together a... um, a giveaway or something people do they offer a painting i was going to put together like a pet portrait raffle or something a giveaway and i still will maybe this will get me excited if you if this makes it off the cutting room floor and you do decide to publish this <laughs> put it out to the public now I'm, i gotta kind of follow through but i was gonna <laughs> make a painting for, for someone if all they had to do of course you know go out there and kick a shout out and like the page comment or whatever yeah do that kind of thing and really just enjoy painting someone's pet and give them the painting that has a certain dollar value, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that would be the official launch where I, wrote, I want people to go support it and maybe give a review on, on Google if they've ever got art for me, things like that. So I'm really waiting to hype it up, but it's officially clickable or tappable, whatever you do. I guess you can get to it today. It's marksymerchant.com, com. All right, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. That was Mark C. Merchant of Higher Truth Tattoo. Go check out his website at HigherTruthTattoo.com and MarkCMerchant.com. And give him a follow on Instagram at Higher underscore Truth underscore Tattoo. Thank you guys for listening this week and have a great weekend. See you next week. <laughs>